I think I had come to terms that my portfolio wasn't as good as I thought it was to like really keep getting me work. It can be like a hard pill to swallow. Once I came to terms with that and just left my ego to the side and become a student again, once that happened, it just everything sort of turned around. Hello, welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Ray Mendoza-Landa, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamoto-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Joel Zamudio. He is a Mexican-American artist working as a location designer for Disney TVA. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hi, everybody. Sure. Uh, like you said, I'm Joel Zamudio. I've been drawing for a very long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I pretty much did that whole art journey as a kid. Just grew up drawing and never stopped. And um, yeah, throughout that journey, I've attended the Orange County School of the Arts um, from middle school to high school. And after that, I did some classes at Orange Coast College and then transferred to Cal State Fullerton to complete the bachelor's in illustration there. And then um, from there, I've worked in the animation industry as a freelancer and full-time for studios such as Shadow Machine, um, Disney TV, and Six Point Harness, just to name a few. Um, so, yeah. It's great. Amazing. Yeah, perfect. Can't wait to get into that in the interview proper. But before we do, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a fun little game called In Between. We're going to give you two similar choices, and then you have to choose in between the two of them, and then let us know why. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll start us off with the first question. Would you rather work for Grunkle Stan at the Mystery Shack from Gravity Falls or for Mr. Krabs at the Krusty Krab from SpongeBob SquarePants? Easy answer. Uh, Grunkle <gasps> Stan. Um, oh. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah just because... Um, I don't know, like, I, I, I loved Gravity Falls, and I, I'm a big fan of shows like X-Files, you know, stuff where, like, mysterious um, things are always happening around, mm -hmm. um, solving mysteries and all that, and I would much rather, because, like, if you're going to work for Grunkle Stan, there's, and in Gravity Falls, like, something's going to be up in the, in the town, like, obviously. Like, so, actually. Like, yeah. yeah. So, like, I'm down to, like, be around when all that stuff is happening, <laughs> um, <laughs> versus, like, you know, Mr. Krabs, he's, he just cares about money. He just, he just wants the money. He wants to, like, work you until, like, you can give him as much profit as possible. So, like, I'm, I'm cool with, like, chilling with Grunkle Stan. That's true. That's true. <laughs> fair. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, what, about, what about you, Yuki? Uh, Grunkle Stan or Mr. Krabs? Who would you rather have be your boss? I think um, Joel brings up a lot of good points. Uh, <laughs> mostly that, like, I don't know, Mr. Krabs is just, like, a capitalist asshole. <laughs> um, I guess the nice thing about the Krusty Krab is that it's just, like, a, a nine-to-five, and then you go home to your, your pineapple under the sea. But, um, yeah, I think the, the excitement of, like, the curios, like, the curiosities in the Mystery Shack, even though, like, most of them are fake... Some of them are real, and then sometimes there's real stuff happening in Gravity Falls. I don't know. It is, it is very cool to think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The setting, the setting too, like the Pacific Northwest. Like that's, that's Yeah, just cool. hanging out in the Pacific mm -hmm. Northwest for sure. 
Man, I actually didn't watch a lot of Gravity Falls. I've seen a couple episodes. So, like, I just remember Grunkle Stan just being... Well, he's also shady, right? Like, he's shady. Yeah, he's shady. He's a shady yeah, con yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, he's a con man. Let's see. I don't know. I feel like I'm actually leaning towards working at the Krusty Krab. Okay. Only because I feel like I would put in the same effort as Squidward. Like, I don't <laughs> need to be the SpongeBob. I can just be Squidward and just oh, be like... True. Like little minimal effort. It's I'm literally just there nine to five. I don't get I probably don't get paid enough to actually give a damn. So like as long as I produce the same work as Squidward or just a little more, I feel like Mr. Krabs won't bother me. As long as there's a SpongeBob there that's pulling the weight, I I can coast and then I can go back to like my like uh, my tiki home. My yeah, tiki home. yeah. <laughs> your Easter Island head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There it is, Easter Island head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, because okay. yeah, I found it interesting. We said going back to the pineapple. I was like, "Oh, you see yourself as SpongeBob. I always see myself as Squidward." That's so funny. I really did. I really did. <laughs> Interact with people? No thanks. I'll cook the burgers. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good point. Really good point. Wow. <laughs> you still, you'll, you'll still stick with Grunkle yeah, Stan. Yeah, I'll still stick with it. That's fair. I'll stand by fair, it. Fair. <laughs> All right. Last question: Would you rather be the king of the jungle, like? Tarzan from Tarzan or King of Pride Rock like Simba from The Lion King? Uh, I'm just going to go. Oh, my. Oh, these are tough. <laughs> uh, uh, I'd, I'd probably go with Jungle just because. Oh, OK. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of mm-hmm. like tar- like the, how Tarzan would move around in, in the movie. Like, you know how like he's like sliding on trees and stuff. Yeah. Going on vines and all that. I think that's so cool. Like I would, I would, yeah, I would want to be Tarzan. Oh, like X Games, sort of uh, like yeah, yeah, and surfing like around, hanging, yeah, like hanging around with gorillas and stuff too. And yeah, mm-hmm. that'd be fun for sure. For right? sure. What do you think? What do you think? I think same. I, I like. I think I like the idea of being Tarzan more. Plus, I would have like rippling abs. Oh yeah, just being able to shred. <laughs> to have the muscle to like pull your to swing on vines that you shred on the trees, like. I feel like I'd be fucking ripped and like I would I would want to be ripped. Uh, Absolutely. I think I think being the king of Pride Rock like Simba comes with too much trauma with having to battle your uncle, having your dad die, thinking you're the reason your dad's dead. You know, I feel like there's just a lot of weight that comes with it. <laughs> and like even though Tarzan is like he has the title King of the Jungle, is more like kind of like a like a moniker, like a nickname. Like he's like like Yeah. I feel He's like not literally gonna, like yeah, yeah. Simba's like the actual king, but I think Tarzan is just like oh no, I still I still I will still side with Tarzan. Mm. There's too much actual king stuff because like Tarzan's only the king of the the apes and like he'll like he has like he's the the leader. I feel yeah, like being yeah. able to control a whole kingdom and stuff and everything that the light touches that's, that's too much responsibility. Heavy the head that wears a crown for that one. <laughs> I think that's too much. <laughs> what about you, Yugi? Okay, I um, honestly you like wanna, you want to be a, you want to be a lion. You want to be a furry. You yeah, I mean the appeal of being a furry is just so strong always. <laughs> <laughs> the appeal of being a lion is very strong. And okay, but I'm gonna think of it this way. Even though there is a lot of like weird like monarchy politics stuff in the Lion King. The the lions technically they're a monarchy, but they don't like do anything, right? They just like are lions, and people respect that they're like the the top of the food chain, and the that's office. kind of like the the king part of it, right? Mm-hmm. In Tarzan, he's like running around constantly, like helping people and doing shit, and I'm like, 
man, what if I just don't want it to? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, you know, he helps the the elephants, like, you know, makes friends with all these, these other people, always doing stuff. Maybe I just want to be a lion and be lazy and just be top of the food chain. <laughs> think about those abs, Yuki. Think I'll have lion abs. abs. I'll have lion abs. <laughs> I mean, I do want to be ripped, but do I want to put in the effort <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I will say the the like fruit in Tarzan also looks very appealing. Looks so, oh, yeah. so juicy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, these are such lovely responses. Thank you so much, Joel, for playing in between with us. Of course, it was fun. <laughs> Good. And if this is your first time tuning in, please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Straight Ahead AP to stay up to date whenever we upload new episodes. You can also follow myself at Radio Silence, both on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me at Chewdles on both Twitter and Instagram as well. I want to start off by saying thanks again, Joel, for being with us. We're so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. And one of the first things we want to ask you is that could you tell us how you first got your start in the animation industry? Sure. Um, So I would say... I feel like I've gotten my start a couple different times. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird because <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, I'd say that my first start would be something. It was kind of like an internship. My friend um, David Mungia, shout out. He's a awesome writer, and he's working at um, BuzzFeed. So uh, he had the opportunity to create an animated short for Sony Pictures Animation and Mitu. MITU uh, that there was like a Latin American BuzzFeed type of thing mm-hmm. and um, yeah he and I think two other people had the opportunity to create an animated short and they sort of were able to build their own teams and we weren't really friends at the time but he reached out to me because he had followed me on Instagram and he needed like a character and prop designer for the short so he brought a lot of us couple of his friends and then me on board to help create this animated short. And um, so, yeah, I was able to get it counted as an internship because at the time I was, I was really struggling to find one. It was like my last year of college. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I would say that was like my first start um, on like anything sort of that got produced, like mm. put online okay. with yeah, an yeah. animation studio. Um, so after that ended, uh, I graduated college and then, uh, I was sort of in between jobs. I was like working retail. Um, and then I worked at an aerospace company for a little bit as a temp. Oh, um, wow. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, that was interesting. So yeah, I was like sort of not finding anything. I was applying to a bunch of gigs in the industry and, uh, just wasn't getting mm-hmm. any, any responses. Um, and then out of the blue, uh, somebody emailed me and um it turned out that oh <laughs> it's funny it's a that's a funny story though because um he emailed me and then i think it just didn't work out the first time so then i don't know i, I was a little sketched out by it at first when he emailed <laughs> me again and then um i just <laughs> I, I think i was so disheartened by like the amount of rejections i was getting i just didn't respond to it just because like okay like it, it like it was weird like i felt like it didn't work out the first time and like i don't know it's kind of sketchy that he's just doing it again like a month later it's just like okay it's weird but then um the next day he emailed me again 
found my phone number, called me, left a voicemail, reached out to me Whoa. on Instagram. <laughs> and it uh, turned out that, um, yeah, this he's a producer and like he owns his own animation studio and has worked on like The Simpsons for, <laughs> was a producer for The Simpsons for a long time. Whoa. So, so yeah, um, I'm glad I responded after that second time. Um, oh, wow. But um, so he reached out to me because uh, Shadow Machine was working on a pitch for someone and um it was like you know i feel like a lot of celebrities now they're like wanting to make shows and uh it was mm-hmm. sort of that whole deal uh it was a pitch for a show that a celebrity like celebrity wanted to make mm-hmm. um starring themselves probably yeah <laughs> yeah you, 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 you could assume that for sure uh, so yeah he, he brought me on because um he had been following my instagram for a while and i had no idea and he saw a couple of my character designs that, because um, at the time I was pursuing character design, mm-hmm. and um, he saw some character designs that he felt would work really nicely for the potential show. And mm-hmm. yeah, he brought me on that, and that was like it was. I was like, I mean, I was working with Shadow Machine on sort of like a freelance basis for about I don't know six to eight months around that that whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a really that was a really interesting experience for sure. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot from it. And uh, I think after that, I was sort of wondering what was next for me. Mm. And because mm-hmm. I had finished and I had tried to, you know, apply to more character design positions. And yeah, I wasn't, again, I wasn't really getting any any sort of like opportunities. So yeah, it had been like a while after that. I think this was around um, when COVID was happening, when I, when mm-hmm. I worked on it and um, mm. yeah, when that finished, like, cause I had gotten laid off from my like retail job and then luckily I, I had started working on that project. Mm-hmm. And when that finished, I was sort of left without anything. And again, like I said, I was, I was applying to places and wasn't getting any opportunities. So I guess my third start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, I sort of, it had been like maybe a half a year without mm. work at anything and i was sort of lost like i was at a crossroads like uh should i keep like keep pursuing this and like i'm not i'm not sure like nothing's happening mm. for me mm-hmm. and i decided to go back to school like start taking some classes to beef up my portfolio like improve it mm-hmm. and that was probably like one of the best things i could have done in um orange county there's um you know i went to cal state fullerton but there's a community college, uh, Fullerton Community College, that has a really great like digital arts program mm. hosted. Mm. Uh, it's run by uh, Phil Dimitriotis, and he has like his YouTube channel too. Like he's he's pretty he's got a lot of traffic on there, and right. he has amazing videos. And uh, he's worked like all over the place. And um, yeah, I just remember seeing he posted a new video about student work that was coming out of there, and I was like, I need to like improve my portfolio. I feel like because I think I had come to terms that my portfolio wasn't as good as I thought it was to like really keep getting me work. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take some classes there once I saw like what was coming out of that, that program there. So I took a couple classes. Uh, one was in prop design and perspective, like another in perspective. And uh, yeah, after those two classes, I just randomly applied to Disney TV for, um, just like it was just like one of those like random positions that came up. I'm like, well, I have a prop design portfolio now. Like, mm. I'll just apply. And then, 
yeah, like shortly after, like they reached out to me and yeah, I had started working on, um, I don't think I can say, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I had started working with them shortly after like that semester finished at Fullerton College. And then, uh, yeah, that's sort of how I got like a start with like a big studio. Mm-hmm. And then I kept working for Disney TV while I was still taking classes at Fullerton College. So yeah, I was working full time and taking classes while working full time. So I was, I was a very busy couple of months that's really yeah. great though that you took it upon yourself to realize like oh it's you know it's been a while i haven't gotten some work you know it wouldn't hurt for me to beef off my portfolio and take classes again i think admitting that and then taking a step to improve it's it's great and it, it's i think it's something that some people might not always want to either acknowledge or accept but being able to take that step to like because that's the thing when you graduate college if you go to an art school or university that has an animation program just because you graduate it doesn't always necessarily mean you're industry ready and sometimes mm-hmm. you might need a little extra help or you might need something more like a specific class or a specific course or just keep improving your work and like a diploma or a degree doesn't necessarily mean you're qualified or ready it's just mm-hmm. everybody has like this different path and a different journey to finally like land or get their foot in the industry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, i will say to like add on to that you're absolutely right. Like it is, it can be like a hard pill to like pill to swallow mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, like I said, like I had, oh, I did my time. Like I, I spent forever, like in college trying to work on this portfolio and my skills, like I should be ready. And, yeah. um, when I finally realized like, Hey, I think I can improve this portfolio. I think that's probably what's holding me back. Like once I came to terms with that and just left my ego to the side and just, become a student again and really just work hard to like build what I felt was necessary that I was missing like once that happened it just everything sort of turned around like like I said like I just because I had applied to like Disney TV and like every other studio like over a hundred applications and then like once I finally came to terms with like what I actually needed to do Mm -hmm. you know even though it was hard to like tell that to myself like once that happened like I just got an opportunity like really quickly like i was not expecting that at all but it just happened mm-hmm. yeah that's great and then you again since then you've had experience in full-time and freelance how would you compare your freelance experience working as a prop and effects designer for disney uh, tva to being a prop and background designer for like six point harness yeah so um i would say the difference would be that while i've been like freelance for disney tva they call it like a daily call position. So it really just depends on the production themselves, like how often they need you. Sometimes like my first time at um, Disney TVA, I was Mm -hmm. uh, doing props and effects and that was basically like full-time, like a full-time schedule for Mm -hmm. like the, as long as the contract was, it was like about two, three months. Mm -hmm. And you know, once that was done, then it was pretty much it for a while. Um, I mean, occasionally, like, they did reach out, like, if I was available for, like, another month. But at that time, like, I had just accepted um, position at Six Point. But uh, I would say, like, freelancing for um, Disney TVA, it's different because, I mean, Disney's a very big corporation. And mm-hmm. something I've noticed working from home, at least, is, like, my entire animation experience has been working from home. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more formal. I'd say like once you're like onboarding and you know once you're like meet the team you know as a freelancer you're not 
you feel a little lost sometimes. Like you can't really like mm. make friends. You can't really, which is sad to say. But uh, unless yeah, yeah, unless sure. you know mm-hmm. somebody on that team, it's it's gonna be really hard to like say, "Hey, nice to like meet you," and like, but like you're online, and uh, the only interaction you have with your coworkers is like an hour meeting during like reviews and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I just felt a lot more like. I don't know corporate vibes. I guess um, if mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I should even say that. But you know, it, it's true though. It's true though. Like <laughs> it's it's a larger company. Everyone sort of already knows everyone. You know, like uh, especially since like I had joined the team sort of midway through. And I will say though, like the second time around freelancing with them um, as a location designer. Well, I, I'd say it is similar in some aspects. Like where it's still like it's hard to like meet anyone, but the the lead at least has made an effort to really be um very like communicative and like really like nice and just like Mm. you know reaching out and seeing how how i am and stuff like that and like you know being able to have a conversation which is nice um but i would say that working as a full-timer at six point harness six point is uh, a smaller studio for sure and Mm -hmm. it does sort of like allow for more um I don't know, communication with cowork not just your coworkers on on your specific team but um with the company as a whole like the company would hold on um, like every i think it was like Thursday like a sort of virtual happy hour where like everyone would like in the company could like join and like watch what the each production is working on and being able to like talk mm-hmm. afterwards so mm-hmm. in that aspect you feel a lot more closer to like the company and like your coworkers yeah and then i would say Another sort of big difference between, I, but this is more of like working with a bigger company and a smaller company. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say when I was at Disney, it was you were hired to be a designer, and like that was that was it. Like that's that's your job. You hand off your designs to the colorists, the the color designers, and then you don't touch that anymore. <laughs> that design anymore. Um, working at Six Point, it's a lot. It's a lot smaller studio, and um, everything's a bit more fast paced and. They do like expect a little bit more from from their artists, just because like they don't have the capacity to have like a full on like mm-hmm. a larger amount of of designers on there on board. Um, so I did uh design and color and yeah, pretty much anything I designed, I was also coloring and rendering sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it it is a little bit you're you're a bit more of a generalist um at like a smaller studio. I've come to realize and. I actually like that. I like doing a little bit of everything, because um, when I mm-hmm. when I'm just designing for too long, I do miss coloring. So mm. that's fair. Yeah, makes sense. So something I'm actually kind of curious about. Um, you mentioned it earlier is that you're currently a freelance location designer for Haley's On It. What is the difference between being a location designer and being a background designer? Like, uh, mm. is there a difference between the two? Like, like why the or why they're like, like yeah, why they're labeled a, like that? Like the title, yeah. Why, yeah. why they label like it's actually two different jobs, or just the way Disney likes to label some of their stuff? I would say I would I would go with it's basically it's basically <laughs> a background design, but <laughs> it it is kind of how Disney likes to label their things. But I would also say that um, it can sometimes incorporate other things like more visual development stuff in the very beginning. So I feel mm. that. They label it location design just for formality because you might do some visual development while also just doing background design. Mm. Mm. So that way it's able to encompass all the job like requires, I guess. 
Okay. Is Haley's on it um, a 2D or 3D show? It's 2D. Oh, 2D. interesting. Yeah. Okay. I thought mm-hmm. it, it might be 3D if, if like you're designing the location, but not an actual mm-hmm. background. But that's how interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was working on Haley's on it, we would reference like some previous stuff. So so it would mm-hmm. be like some of the like actual like, visual development that wasn't exactly a final background for an official background mm-hmm. for the show. So like someone would have designed like a whole location pretty much and then we'd have to reference oh we're just we're for this background we're just referencing this part of the location so mm, that, okay. that's yeah that way they they just the job title sort of encompasses all that stuff you know visual development and actually just back like layout design background design stuff like that okay mm-hmm. uh something else i also want to get into you have worked on a variety of different uh types of projects and roles one in particular was uh coloring for the loud house comics that was produced by paper cuts how was that experience like? Yeah, so that was one of those jobs where um, I was doing that before I had got my job at Disney TV. So that was like when I was still taking classes at Fullerton Community College. And it was fun. Uh, I, I also, um, I pretty much, no, I, I inked and, and colored the, the comics. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was interesting. Um, I would say that, <laughs> well, I mean, this is sort of something I've heard before. But uh, comics doesn't make as much as animation does. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, I did work. I did have another um, part-time job on the side while I was doing that. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was in- an interesting experience uh, because you're able to get some practice, like drawing these characters on model from like the Loud House. And uh, it, w- it, was, it was great practice in that sense. And um, mm-hmm. it also required some knowledge of composition because yeah, I, I would have to like I wasn't referencing like a storyboard or anything like I do in animation. Because like as a background designer and prop designer, you reference like the storyboard, and then you just do what's on the board and like you know mm-hmm. make it look pretty. Mm-hmm. For that, I was sketching it out. I'd have to come up with the composition. I'd have to ink it, color it. You know, I was basically the only thing I was referencing was a script, pretty much, and that's mm-hmm. a very different experience from what I'm used to now working animation because i feel like that's more of a storyboarding thing referencing the script and then coming up with compositions and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. coming from like my design mindset it's it's different it it was definitely like a challenge sometimes coming up with an interesting composition where you feel like you could fit all these characters and all these panels onto one page Mm. but i did enjoy i did enjoy um working in comics and it, it it is something that I would want to do for myself at some point, because mm-hmm. um, uh, I I have like thought about doing that before, and you know I do have like ideas that I'd like to create someday. But I think yeah. for, for myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting experience and very different from working in animation for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On kind of that topic of like creating something, one of the things that you helped create was. Tune Therapy, which is a YouTube channel uh, that has uh, various short animations founded by you and your friends. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so going back to that internship that I had with uh, Sony Animation and um, Me Too, working on those um, that animated short, uh, basically like all of us that had worked on it, we felt that we worked really well together like when we made that short. Mm-hmm. And... I wasn't necessarily close with that group of people when we first started, but by the end of it, we were definitely, we got really close. And Mm. 
like I said, we liked working together and we all had ideas that we'd wanted to like make. And at the time we weren't, we were like working part-time jobs and stuff like that. And um, we just decided like, Hey, like we keep talking about like wanting to make our own things and, you know, like no one's really hiring us right now <laughs> in animation. Mm-hmm. So like, why don't we just do it for ourselves? And that's mm-hmm. what we did. So we just started meeting up, you know, after work and just coming up with ideas and we, you know, would follow through with it. We would, we would assign like who's doing what for like this animated short we're doing, like who's the designer, who's writing, who's doing all the production work, like scheduling and like keeping tabs on us and making sure we're like getting it done, Mm. you know, and who's animating and all that stuff. And, you know, during that time, like we were just a bunch of friends, like making cool stuff. That's pretty much what, (laughs) what it was. And, and uh, it was it was really cool just to like follow through with something and then put it out like on YouTube. Even though like you know yeah some some of the things on there have like some good amount of views, but like you know I, I'm more thinking about like the stuff that I like I my projects that I put on there. Um, they don't get a lot, but like I don't really care about the amount of views we get. It was just satisfying being able to like follow through with it and like publish it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So more than anything, Tune Therapy is just. And it's still active. Like one of our our members is still like creating content on there. But um, yeah, more than anything, it was just a great opportunity for us to like create our own thing and just put it out there. Having a a creative outlet. Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, that's really cool. Like I think it's I think it's really great when uh you can take it upon yourself to just make a thing and like especially when it's with friends, it makes it a lot more enjoyable. I think sometimes when things aren't happening it's best to kind of make things happen for yourself you know exactly yeah that's like one of the biggest things i know like there's i probably you'll probably ask for like advice from me later but i would say like that's just a really really (laughs) like the main thing that i always like like to say about like if you're not getting any opportunities right now just do your own thing in the meantime Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. something i wanted to ask you about that is um why did you guys come up with the name Tune Therapy? Because this uh, doesn't have anything to do with actual therapy, does it? Or is it well, just like well, for you guys personally? Uh, it kind of does. <laughs> well, the, th- the thing is, like, when we would hang out after work and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and just talking about, like, not getting into the industry and, like, wanting to do these things and just, like, feeling like we can't do it on our own, it, we, we would call it, like, we, we have, like, our own little, like, group therapy sessions, you know? <laughs> so that... Therapy and tune therapy does come from like that sort of like time when we were like struggling and like we felt like, you know, comfort in like being in the same position in life pretty much Mm -hmm. and being able to talk it out with people who understand like exactly what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the name comes from. Mm. Yeah. I feel that's important. Mm -hmm. One of the other things I also wanted to get into, depending on the guests, we ask about how the college experience was like and how beneficial or was it. Uh, beneficial to them in their career in animation but one of the interesting things that you mentioned early on um, in the podcast is that you attended this school during middle school and high school called Orange County School of Arts of Santa Ana in California could you talk to us about that experience attending a school like that as well as the application process if there was any Mm -hmm. to get enrolled in a school like that especially like is this a school that you went to after you had your middle school classes and high school classes, or was this supplementing your middle school and high school? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a, a great question. So 
it was like an actual school, like itself. Like you have your general like education classes、mm-hmm. during the day, and then from two ten to five every day, except for Fridays,、um, you have your art classes. So,、mm. so yeah, that that it was basically an arts high school. But yes, you have your normal classes throughout the day, and then after school, you have your your art classes. So yeah, it, it was one of the best experiences of my life. I, I will say, because at that time, like I got accepted, so I started there in eighth grade, and then I went all the way through twelfth grade because it's a middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, at the time I was in middle school, I I just knew I loved drawing, and I honestly couldn't think of anything else I would want to be. Growing up, like I, I just, I just knew I just wanted to be an artist, and、um, mm-hmm. you know, it is tough for any parent to really understand, you know, that sort of drive that you want to be an artist, and because there's that fear that you know you're not gonna make it, you know, or、yeah. like you, you know,、yeah. there's、sure. that there's that fear, like you, you, they just want you to like be okay, like financially growing up and like have a job that can do that, but you know, luckily, like. I was really thankful that my mom, like, she found out about the school, and she was very supportive. And later, like, later on too, my dad became very supportive. And yeah, they they told me about. My mom told me about it, and I did have to apply. There was an application process and an audition process to get in at that time.、Mm. So basically, once I applied, I had to go in and audition in person. And basically, how you audition for the visual arts department, because、um, that school had、uh, pretty much all different types of art: had music, dance, acting, all、wow. that stuff.、Uh-huh. Um, for visual arts, I had to go into a room with all my competition, and we had to draw a couple of different still lifes.、Mm. For it was, a, it was like maybe like one or two hours that audition was. While the department chair was walking around <laughs> behind you and like looking over everyone, so it was a very like high, like a high stress environment. I think for for someone、Damn. trying to get into eighth grade,、um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I think out of that, like because it was it was like a, a large table, like a circular table. Everyone's sitting around this still life, and like you know, once we were done with that, we they put in a new one, and then we draw that. I think it was like three drawings that we did, and. Yeah,、uh, it was like a large table, and I remember I just felt like I did the worst drawings of my life doing that because I was so <laughs> nervous and like I was like I'm definitely not getting in. But yeah, I think out of that table, maybe like four people that I recognized like had gotten into the next year. But yeah, it wasn't just an audition. We did have to like turn in a portfolio too.、Mm. So oh damn yeah、Whoa. yeah. I would not have had a portfolio in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah.、Uh, so like、grade. at the time, it was just like sketches that I did, and then like I remember my mom did put me in some like after school like art class just because like I wanted, I really wanted to like learn new mediums because、mm-hmm. at the time I just knew how to draw like with pencil. That was it. Yeah. Like,、mm-hmm. Occasionally, ball like ballpoint pen, but like I had no experience <laughs> in painting. Like and like yeah, that, like the fundamentals, like understanding、uh, yeah. contrast and values,、mm-hmm. and like putting words to what you're doing. Exactly,、mm-hmm. and and that after school program before um I went to the、uh, Orange County School of the Arts, like I got a little bit of introduction to charcoal and just a little bit of paint,、mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean I I did those with a bunch of my sketchbook pages, and just that was my portfolio. Like I, my aunt,、mm-hmm. she was a graphic designer, so like she helped me get like a legit portfolio together, thankfully.、Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So like after 
the the audition. Like I totally thought I wasn't getting in, but I did. Mm-hmm. And um it was an amazing school, honestly. Like just because like <laughs> I remember I I felt like I retook a lot of the art classes I took there in college. Cause like we had like landscape painting, we had figure drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because we were in high school, they were like clothes fi- figure drawing. Um, mm-hmm. um, and there was like 3d design stuff like that and illustration. Um, so like, I remember at the time I was, you know, I was interested in art and like, I knew that I wanted to do art, but like I had no idea what I was going to do with art. Like I, mm-hmm. I just like knew like, Oh, am I going to be like a fine artist? Like, do I just, just yeah. draw draw like whatever i see in front of me and like that's that's mm-hmm. my job i don't know how to make money doing that i mean people do obviously mm-hmm. but like i i had no idea how i was gonna do that but um it was there when like i got introduced to things like concept art and like designing for cartoons because like that just never dawned on me at the time like oh yeah people mm-hmm. do this like people have to like make the art for these cartoons and like video games and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it was there that i was i was really thankful to go there because it did help you know t- bring me into this world of like illustration animation video games all this stuff and that's that's really all i have to say about it it was just a really unique school too it was in an old uh it used to be a bank so it's like this office building oh wow okay. and um yeah <laughs> as like a middle schooler they put all the middle school classes on the seventh floor and you're not allowed to use the elevator Unless you're oh, like, no. unless you like have like a broken leg or something. So, wow. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, um, I had amazing calves though at the time. Uh, <laughs> all that. Uh, you were, it's like a, you were like, living your Tarzan life. <laughs> yeah, it was like my own personal stairmaster, like just like walking up seven flights of stairs every day. Oh um, man! But it was cool. Like the ceramics room was like in one of the vaults, which is really cool. Ah, that's yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but they like kept it open. Like you can see, like the giant bank vault there, and it's like it's really cool. Uh, so something I'm also kind of curious about is that, like, so after the application process and getting it admitted into the school, is it like is it like free or like did did your parents have to pay like a, like an annual fee to keep you in that school? Because like to me, the fact that a school like that exists is crazy, and it's I think it's like like wonderful. Like I wish I could have gone to like a school like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's where things get a little like weird. Um, it is a charter school, technically a charter school, but I would say that donations were encouraged. And mm. um, if you couldn't make a donation, you uh, you could like basically like volunteer for certain things, certain events that the school had to mm-hmm. sort of make up for that. Um, <laughs> okay. So so yeah, I mean, me and my 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 mom would do certain volunteer events for the school. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, yeah, a lot of students did that. Uh, but I would say that I guess it really it really depends. I don't know how it works now because I know certain things are different about the school now. Like the audition mm-hmm. process isn't the same. It's more of a lottery system now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but I'm not sure how the schools changed now. But that's how it, it was when I when I went there. And another thing I kind of also want to quickly comment on is that like shout out to your mom for like finding out about the school but yeah. also like you know helping you put your portfolio together and your aunt as well like mm-hmm. or just like uh you also mentioned how your mom put you in like after school art programs because mm-hmm. like to me that is amazing just because like my parents are immigrated here from mexico you know mm-hmm. so like they're first generation here i'm second generation and they didn't know anything they were just trying to survive and like you know find work and do stuff so like 
they knew I was always, always interested in art because, you know, we all drew when we were younger. I was like drawing and, and stuff. But like my parents didn't really know much about art or animation. Like um, I like I didn't draw in a sketchbook mm-hmm. until like college. What I what I would draw in is like college ruled notepad paper mm-hmm. is what my parents would get me to draw in because they didn't they just didn't know. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. didn't have that information available to them. So the fact that your mom found up at the school and like encouraged you or helped you. It, it's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really wonderful. Oh, absolutely. Um, I was like, I know like how fortunate I was to have a, you know, a mom that supported me like right from the get go. Um, but yeah, it's funny that you said like, you know, mentioning the type of paper you use before you got your sketchbook because uh, my mom used to work at a hospital and like, I remember she would come home with like all this extra printing paper and that's what I would use before <laughs> I got my, my sketchbook. Yeah. That's the other thing. Computer, computer paper too. Mm-hmm. Like I used yeah. to either computer paper or college rule notebook paper. I never had a, I never had a sketchbook until college. Mm-hmm. Cause like I, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about art. Yeah. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I was really fortunate. Like, um, you know, I, I know it's because like, so my dad, he immigrated here from Mexico. My mom, she was mm-hmm. born here. So like, she's a little bit more, Ameri- mm-hmm. like just a little bit more Americanized. And she mm-hmm. sort of like has more knowledge of like these things, you know, like an art school and stuff like that. Um, so I was very fortunate in that aspect to like have a mom that was always supportive and like, you know, did sort of at least try to understand, you know, as a, as a kid, like this, this drive mm-hmm. and passion that I had. Again, I just find that wonderful. And I'm glad that you had that for yourself. Cause it's like, yeah, it's just not a thing that's like, especially when um, you have immigrant parents, they're just, again, they're just trying to survive in a country that they don't know the language, um, trying to like make ends meet. So like, and finding everything out for the first time. So they, they don't have that knowledge to pass on to you or to like help you. So you just kind of have to kind of roll with the punches, but mm-hmm. um, grateful that you were able to have that opportunity and kind of like to kind of stay, I guess, similar on the topic or to kind of segue a bit is uh, how does like your cultural background influence you and your art? Yeah. Um- so more than anything, I feel like it influences my work ethic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, my my dad he immigrated here when he was eighteen from Mexico, and he was always working, like like always working. And my mom too. Like since I've you know been born, like they were always working so much. Um, you know, especially when I was younger, they were working a lot of overtime and just like you know doing everything they could to provide for like me and my siblings and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that always, like, stuck with me, like, I always knew growing up, like, I didn't want to, like, I knew that I was pursuing this, but at the same time, I wanted to make sure, like, I do good by, like, everything that they've sacrificed for me, and, like, all the work they put in, you know, Mm -hmm. to give me the Mm -hmm. life that I had, that I have, and, you know, their work ethic always stuck with me, like, so any job, like, even outside of art, the jobs I've had, you know, working in retail like working at that aerospace company um i was always just working hard and yeah i would get noticed from like all like the managers and like wherever i worked like i just knew that i whatever i did even if i didn't like it i had to work hard because i just need to do a good job with whatever i i'm doing right now you know even mm-hmm. with school too like i just knew i had to focus i had to do a good job you know and work hard so I can make him proud pretty much. Um, yeah. And yeah, like that's really like what sticks with me in terms of like, like the cultural thing. Like, I, I guess like it would be a cultural thing just because, I mean, I know when my dad was growing up in Mexico, like he was always working, like he started working when he was 10. <laughs> um, 
mm-hmm. you know um and you know thankfully he's retired now and he's able to enjoy himself and mm-hmm. um but yeah like just the main thing that's always stuck with me in terms of like my culture and how i grew up was just how hard that my parents have worked like their whole lives mm-hmm. and they continue to work mm-hmm. really hard and you know i just want to make them proud by by doing the same that's wonderful man thank yeah. you i, I think it's that. it's really it's really taking you far especially you know like working getting your jobs getting your three mm-hmm. different starts in animation mm-hmm. um <laughs> just keeping at it it's really mm-hmm. awesome dude thank you yeah mm-hmm. well thanks so much for joining us today joel uh, before we get into our final question, uh, where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you'd like to promote? Um, sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, uh, JoelZ underscore art. And uh, yeah, just if you're interested in just like random animation videos, you can follow <laughs> Toon Therapy, um, Toon Therapy on Instagram, Toon Therapy Animation on YouTube. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere on there. Uh, I don't have any personal projects to promote right now, but uh yeah, I mean that's that's all I've got to to promote. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah this, is, amazing. this was great. Nah, dude, we it's been great having you. having you on. Yeah. And as we start to come to a close, is there any final advice you want to bestow on those that want to pursue a career in animation? Absolutely. The two big things that I've learned um, throughout this whole journey, which has taken me like all over the place, is that you know if you feel like if you even feel like a little bit like your portfolio is not where it needs to be to get your job, really sit down and come to terms that the fact that you might need to work on it a little more and maybe that's what's holding you back from these opportunities. And that's completely okay. You know, like mm-hmm. there's no shame in it at all. Like take another course, take a class, you know, help like improve your portfolio however you can and give it another go because you, you never know. Like I wouldn't give up. Like don't give up. You know, keep working at it. If you feel like if people are saying like, you know, your work's just not there yet, that's mm-hmm. a good sign because like, it just means that you have more room to grow and that, you know, the only thing that's lacking is just like a little bit of time and a little bit of like maybe knowledge in certain ways to improve your portfolio. And the other main piece of advice is that, you know, while you're doing these things, while you're working on your portfolio and you really want to work on something, like you're dying to work on a project, but you're nobody's reaching out to you for them. like. Do your own project, create your own project. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a group of friends that want to do the same thing, work on one together, like start something, do your own thing, you know, because it's a lot of fun. Like, and I do miss it. And um, yeah, just do your own thing. Like if nobody's giving you an opportunity, create your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well Perfect. Put. Yeah, yeah. Well put. Perfect advice. Thanks again, Joel, for joining us today. And if you audience enjoyed our interview, please rate and follow us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you tune in. If you want to support the podcast, you can donate to us at ko-fi.com slash straightaheadap. All donations help us pay our editor and transcribe the podcast for greater accessibility. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. Special thanks to our editor, Ashley Edleon. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening. And thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.